Our second reading from Holy Scripture is Romans chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, But we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, indeed, Rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves His love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by His blood, will we be saved through Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by His life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. When you take your car to the repair shop because the engine is making a strange sound and no matter how you've tried to ignore it, and it won't go away, uh, you expect the mechanic to figure out what's causing the noise, right? And to tell you what's wrong. Because here in New Mexico, you don't want to have your car break down on some lonesome highway far from home. And for those of you who still have children at home who are driving, you don't want them to be stranded out in the middle of nowhere either. So even when the estimated costs for parts and labor are more than you'd like to pay, we do what we have to do. We do what's necessary, don't we, to make sure that our vehicles are roadworthy. Now, I don't know anyone who likes to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on car repairs. I certainly don't, and I've certainly uh, made my fair share of those expenditures with not one, not two, not three, but four children in my time. But we do what we have to do, don't we? To make things right. To keep the ones we love safe. When you're feeling sick and you go to the doctor's office, you want that physician to accurately diagnose your illness, right? If you have an infection, you want the doctor to discover it, isolate it, write a prescription for the precise medication that will get rid of it. If you're injured, if you've been hurt, you expect that physician to determine the exact nature of the injury and do whatever's necessary to put you on a path forward to healing. As a patient, right, you, you want a proper diagnosis. You expect an honest prognosis And you trust, as I trust my primary care physician, that an appropriate plan of treatment or therapy will be laid out. You're all nodding in agreement. Thank you. So isn't it interesting 
even tragic, that some of the very same people who want their cars to have the right repairs and their bodies to receive the proper medical treatment will then ignore and even reject uh, the cure that God himself offers for our souls. Isn't it amazing that some of the same individuals who are willing to face the truth to the damage done to their car engines after they drove with the uh, engine light on for two years, the same people who are willing to face the truth about the extent of their physical injuries will go into complete denial when it comes to their spiritual sickness. We heard God's word today. Strong words. They're not sugar-coated. God's word through the Apostle Paul clearly and honestly tells us there's a problem. It is described throughout the Bible in various ways. But it all points to the same reality about every human being. Even your nicest aunt and your sweetest grandchild. The same diagnosis about our spiritual disease for every living human being, you could say. This is how Paul writes up the diagnosis. It's right there in Romans 5. We're weak. In some translations it says we're powerless in spite of all the clout and all the authority we may have in the kingdom of this world. Uh, Paul doesn't stop there. We're, without Christ, ungodly. (laughs) We're sinners. Without Jesus, in fact, we'd still be enemies of God. Strong words. And these words are truth. And were it not for Jesus Christ... Uh, These words would be the continual truth about you and about me, the same truth about every person on the planet. Yet people will get angry (laughs) over this diagnosis. I know they've gotten angry. Some of them have been in my face. They will call such a diagnosis judgmental, unfair, harsh. Some will reject it because they believe No one has the power or the right to say such things about me. I know a lot of people who are worse than I am. No one can say that about me, not even God. And this is truly tragic. Because people who fail to face the truth about their spiritual sickness, people who ignore the truth about their inner disease, their brokenness, They'll die from their sickness. In fact, they will die with their sickness. And the Bible says, you heard it, they're already as good as dead. They just don't know it. Now think about this. Use your imagination. If an auto mechanic looks under the hood of your car and says, well, first of all, if a mechanic looks under the hood and he does this, That's a problem. I've learned that the hard way. You don't want to hear the mechanic whistle. That's going to cost you. I know that's what that means. But if that mechanic says, wow, your your car's in bad shape. You've got a broken valve, a cylinder that burns too hot. There's a leak in your water pump, and uh, the cooling fan is defective. Would you ever say to that mechanic, how dare you say such unloving things about my beloved car? Aren't you self-righteous and judgmental, Mr. Mechanic? 
I think I'll go elsewhere and find a mechanic who appreciates my car and will say nice things about it. I mean, that would be nonsense, wouldn't it? People don't react this way when it comes to their vehicles, but they often will behave that way when they're hearing the truth about the condition of their hearts. Imagine a cardiologist's office in which the doctor has to tell the patient that he has advanced heart disease, far worse than anyone expected, and that bypass surgery is required so that person can continue living another five or 10 or 15 years. What patient would say, heart disease? How dare you? How can you say such a thing about my heart? No one in my family's been diagnosed with clogged arteries. Last time I'll come looking for help from you, Mr. Cardiologist. People don't react that way. Usually they're in shock. And then they prepare themselves for what lies ahead to have that bypass surgery, have those stents put in place. But some of those same people will get so upset and so angry when anyone, even God himself, tells them the truth about their spiritual condition. And the Lord is not being judgmental when he tells us that we're weak. The Lord is not being judgmental when we hear that we're powerless and ungodly and and sinful. God's simply being honest. Truth is being told. And God is the only one who has the authority and the power to judge our hearts for exactly what they are. Because we can hide our hearts from other people. We can put on false faces. We can play the game. But God knows us to the core. And yet so many people, they just walk away from this truth. They look for um, other answers. They want other things to be said about them. And so they'll seek places and people, and even pastors, where they will hear what they want to hear, that they really aren't that bad, and there's nothing really wrong with them. And that's like thinking that everything's okay with your car as long as it looks clean and shiny from the outside. If you take it to the car wash once a week and you ignore that fluid that keeps dripping underneath. It's like people who think going to a cardiologist who cannot properly diagnose heart disease but tells you, you look great for a woman your age. Man, you've got a great future. I mean, that kind of doctor would be subject to lawsuit for malpractice, right? And yet so many people prefer spiritual malpractice. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to be told everything's great, nothing's wrong with you, life is good, and uh, you deserve everything you want. Unless people hear about their true condition, those empty promises lead nowhere except to death. And you see, God does not want his sons and daughters dead. The Lord wants you, the Lord wants me fully alive. And he does not judge us to be weak or powerless, ungodly or sinful, 
without him in order to keep us down, to you know, harm our self-esteem, or make us crawl off in the shadows in shame and self-loathing. No, God wants us to stand tall in him and his grace because he has the power to diagnose the sickness and he alone can provide the cure. Did you know that in the New Testament, Jesus is often called the great physician? There's a reason for that. Only in this instance, this great physician is like no worldly doctor. This physician suffers and dies so the patient can live. There's only one way that we can truly be alive and for our hearts to be strong. And that's for God to fill us up with his loving presence. And for you and for me to accept the truth that God proved his love for sinners like us by dying in our place on the cross, that while we were yet, yes, enemies of God, he made us his friends by choosing the cross in our place. God is not judgmental as we think of people being judgmental, but he is the judge of the living and the dead. And the judge sentences himself to suffer the punishment we deserve. We're the criminals. We're the disobedient. And the judge pays for our lawlessness with his own blood. Every weekend, every Sunday morning, in every time zone around the planet, millions of people go to church. And many of those people are doing their best to live by the rules they were taught from youth. That's not a bad thing. They show up for worship. That's a good thing. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. They even put some of their hard-earned money in the plates. That's a good thing. Churches can't do their ministry without faithful stewardship. Some of those people may even sign up for a class or volunteer to help at the pie cafe. There's nothing wrong with these things. They're necessary. But unless a person does all these things with a heart that has not been captured by Jesus, a heart that's not been filled up with his love, then they're still as good as dead. And when a person realizes that he or she needs this amazing grace, this perfect love, then hearts can be filled. Because that's what God loves to do. To amaze us with his grace. It's what he's wanting to do. It's what he's waiting to do for every single person. And then you see, going to church, offering some money, signing up to help on a ministry or a mission team, can be done the right way. It's done with joy. It's done with thanksgiving. It's done with gratitude, with the heart that's fully alive, counting every sunrise as a gift. And you know what? When a person has that kind of joy and that kind of faith, they can't help but be evangelical, telling their classmates, their co-workers, their neighbors about this life that Jesus brings. Such a person actually wants to share the good news of God's love 
through Jesus Christ with other people. Next time you're at the car shop with car trouble, and I hope that's not for many years, but the next time you're there, just think about Jesus. In the midst of your car trouble, think on Jesus who came to take care of your spiritual trouble. And get this, and I'm not trying to be funny here. He paid the price and he supplied the labor. He provided the parts. His body, his blood. And the labor of his suffering obedience even to death on the cross. Next time you're in the waiting room to see the physician... Remember that no matter how grim the prognosis may be, you're fully alive in Christ. No sickness, no suffering, no disease, not even death itself, can keep you from the life that God intends. For that life, my friends, is true life. And that life, thanks be to God, is eternal. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.